Hi everybody, my name is Jay Chopra. I am the managing director of Making Shift Happen. Welcome back to our Making Shift Happen podcast, the podcast all about making work more human. I am joined today by my wonderful co-pilot, Anne Mahler. Hello and welcome everyone. And I am very excited because today we are flipping the script and I will be interviewing you, Jay, all about intentional leadership. First things first, so Jay, what is your definition of intentional leadership? Well, first things first, really happy to be on the spot today <laughs> with yourself and myself. So it's fantastic to get a bit of time where we're we're sort of getting some of our own, you know our own content out there and um, spreading the message of making work more human. So really excited about that. So yeah, to take on your question, I suppose, what is intentional leadership? So, you know, for me, it's about tapping into the best side of ourselves, our best selves, our bright selves and leading from that place. So like I think... A lot of people will know the story about the, the two the two wolves within us. You know, there's a good wolf and a bad wolf, and it's like, well, who who wins? Who wins the fight? The good wolf or the bad wolf? And it's and you know the the story goes, uh, the fable goes, it's it's the wolf that we feed. So for me, it's about how do we self develop ourselves to manage the bad side of our egos so that our bright side shines through. And and really, that you know, intentional leadership intentional leaders then are like like beacons of light they're like lighthouses you know so so for me that that's it it's about developing ourselves to become a better human being and leading from that place because i i do think we can't become better leaders than we are people and like the other thing i would say about intentional leadership is it's, it's not an end it's not an end state there is no there i think the day we think we're there as intentional leaders then it's the day we'll our dark side will overcome our bright side again and we start slipping down the rungs of intentional leadership. So it's an ongoing journey for for all of us and that makes it non-judgmental. It's not that like Anne's an intentional leader and Jay is not. It's not about that. It's a state. It's like I'm now in the intentional leadership state, you know, because I'm obviously, you know, tapping into self-development at the moment, for example, and my bright side is outshining my dark side. However, sometimes when we're under pressure, the fight or flight response kicks in then our, you know, all the survival orientated behaviors happen and, and then our dark side starts outshining our bright side. So so really it's about like standing guard at standing guard at the gate to the garden of our minds, if if you like. It's it's all it's all in the mind really. I, I mean it's it's mind over matter in terms of if we can if we can tune our mind into the place to into our best selves, accessing our best selves and then and then leading from that place. That, that's what intentional leadership is for me. I love the metaphor that you just used with the two wolves inside of us and that, you know, we can decide which wolf we're feeding. And if we just talk about the two wolves, so the dark side and the bright side a small bit more, could you break that down for us in terms of characteristics a small bit? So in other words, if we're leading from our dark side, what does that actually look like? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And, and and I'll even go back a little bit as well and really and, and to go back a small bit and say, look, almost where does our dark side and bright sides come from? Even just to go back a little bit there. And, you know, I have an 11 month old daughter at the moment, Katie, and she's absolutely beautiful. Like she's, as I've been telling you, she's got this beautiful, bright personality. She's like, you know, she's just got like, you know, that she's going to have a really, she's going to be really human type personality, you know. But for me, that purity like that purity that that I can see in her for me first of all is the bright side I can just see that purity in her and then I guess as we go through the different experiences of early childhood you know and people ask don't touch this don't do that 
and then we might be in unsafe environments depending on how we how we grew up and the environment we were in i think that's where the layers of conditioning and the different layers of the youngins are put upon us and i think some of those things like don't do this puts and etc etc puts a lot of fear in us and i think that fear really is where the dark side starts coming in so we become we lose our courage you know we become um you know we, we think we need to be in control of everything we think we need our opinion matters more than others we think we need to chase the gold star you know it's all which is all good stuff but like it's not to the detriment of our teams and things like that so for me i mean the dark side for me is is the side of us that gets conditioned at childhood and then actually we we still lead from that place uh, later in life when we're in leadership roles and and you know which is which is amazing but what i found through my own experience of personal development is that our history is not our destiny and it's it's having the courage to say you know what sure i i have good bits and i have dark bits i have bright bits and dark bits but like really having the courage to look at those dark bits and kind of say oh wow what what you know where did it come from or challenging them as well because a lot of them are erroneous they're not they're not true you know and 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 i think for myself we become what we think about whether we want it or not so if i'm always thinking and operating from my dark side then i'm going to for example i can become over controlling not empowering um need to be on every detail you know not trusting others etc etc whereas when we become our best selves and we tap into that part of us and lead from there then it's a whole it's a whole different story really i think we have we have a vision we believe in and for me intentional leaders from the bright side vision i guess ultimately they've got like three central tenants to any good vision an intentional leader that's for me it's got to be people centric so it's got to be human you know it's got to make at least be negative and a negative impact on the, on the planet but if you know but if you know sustainable if possible and then and then the other part is is sort of profit so this whole concept of conscious capitalism and saying, look, it's actually it's fine to to make money. You know, the, the world money, money makes the world go round and being realistic about that. And then to say, but but however, we can do a lot of good for people. We can do, and then we can do a lot of good for the planet as well. So it's got to be a very balanced vision. That's the first thing for me where a bright side starts to shine through, where we have the courage to have that vision. So even in our little consultancy, like we have this vision around making work more human and improving performance by making work more human and like you can tell a whole story around that you know but but that's our vision that's every day we do that in small ways in our own little in our own little way but it's a great reason to get out of bed not not only to inspire ourselves but inspire the the people we have working with making shift happen as well absolutely and i love your passion because you didn't just cover the bad side and the dark side but also the bright <laughs> side already which is fantastic <laughs> Ask me a question, I go on forever, and you know what I mean? <laughs> clearly, clearly. Clearly. <laughs> and, you know, if you tell someone now, oh, we're talking about intentional leadership, this is what we're focusing on uh, within Making Shift Happen. We have LinkedIn articles about it, an entire series, and we're doing a podcast series on it. What would you tell someone if they asked you, Jay, why now? Yeah, great, great question. And I, I think the why now is I don't know I, I just think sometimes we overcomplicate leadership and, and and we're in a we're in a world where we badly need leadership. So on the back of, on the back of the pandemic, you know obviously COVID nineteen pandemic there is a massive need for for the continued show, showing of leadership, which I think there's been a good bit through the pandemic to be fair. 
but still there's a sort of a vacuum of of really good leaders that you can point to across the globe obviously there's a great example in, in the ukraine at the moment which which brings me to the second point in in a world where there's so much uncertainty where we have to be intentional about your leadership you can't leave it to luck like and i think that's what happens a lot of the time somebody gets promoted from you know a technical expert into a leadership position and it's like off you go best of luck with that so i'm i'm so I think the whole thing around intentional leadership is that we've got to be intentional about our leadership and we've got to intentionally tap into our bright side and, and lead from that place. And I do think, I really do think uh, we overcomplicate leadership. If I was to say, if I was to boil everything down into two points, I'd say, in, you know, really leadership is about, is about two things. One, having a dream, as Martin Luther King says. It, it's a vision it's this lighthouse that we want to move towards and if you which we often do with leadership teams if you if you actually interrogate martin luther king's i have a dream speech it's very specifically based on an ideal state vision of the current state pain so it's really specific it's very vivid it's it's not fluffy it's really well defined and like i mean i think the that is the currency i think of intentional leadership to have a vision that you can rally a team of people around to achieve so that's the first thing for me having a vision and i know and you 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 co-wrote a fantastic article there recently on 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 linkedin not to be not to be blowing our own trumpet but there's a really good thank you article yeah you're welcome <laughs> there's a really good article to be fair on on linkedin uh, around around that whole process of what are the characteristics of that you know really i have a dream vision we have an i have a dream vision process you know we've decoded how to how to create that vision if you're a manager and a leader and you don't have a vision of success for your team i don't think you're leading like so that's the point one for me have a vision now i know it is hard to get out of the day-to-day firefighting to have time to build that vision but it's absolutely crucial because until we find the time to get out of the firefighting and build that vision we'll always be firefighting because i think the vision is is the lighthouse and we say okay we're going towards the lighthouse we're going to somehow end up in that direction and there'll be there'll be there'll be rocks along the way, you know. And 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 I mean, with that vision, and we're go. It's like the Olympic torch. You're moving towards it. You'll deal with the problems a lot easier because there's a higher meaning. There's a higher sense of purpose. In in fact, you're you're tapping into the inspiration of your team because if you give a broad direction and sort of co-create it with the team, and they'll surprise you. Uh, I'm sure on the hows that they come up with. The second part, really, for me. So the first part's vision. Second part's empowerment. Now, empowerment, again, another fantastic article. Uh, oh, co-created stop. between my, myself <laughs> and Anne. Yeah, absolutely. Another really good article. And again, I'm not blowing my own trumpet here at all from any perspective, but Anne is really talented at writing those articles, to be fair. And if you look at what we've got there in the empowerment uh, article, for me, empowerment is just misunderstood, right? It's a misunderstood as abdication of responsibility. I'm just going to, I'm going to empower you. I'm going to leave you off and off you go. Happy days and sure, hopefully something will happen. And I, I, I believe nothing could be further from the truth. For me, it's a very active process, which has four really specific steps in it. First step really is having the courage to let go as a leader and use the trust and validate approach. So like we're going to let go within the scope. Everybody knows the boundary conditions and and you know you pass the baton to the person you're empowering and they also have got to take the baton though because there's a responsibility on their side as well to engage and contract as part of the empowerment process so the first one is the courage to let go the second one really is is about capability does the person you're empowering have the right capabilities to deliver 
on the vision, the overall vision or the vision of the task that you're giving them. And if the answer to that is no, then you have a responsibility as a leader to build that capability in the person, right? That That's critical because if you empower people that ha- don't have the right capabilities, train wreck. And that's what happens often. We, we, we empower people that aren't, that we haven't developed the capabilities in and it all goes pear-shaped. I was going to say something else. I'm going to say it because Brené Brown curses on her on her podcast. It all goes tits up, basically, and it just doesn't work, right? So, And I think if Brené Brown can curse on her podcast, we can definitely say some bad words. We'll just words. put an explicit sign next to the title so it's all good. It'll all be good. She doesn't do that, Anne, by the way, but it's good. Look, look, we've got to be compliant. But th- I think that's what happens, and, 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 and that's one place where we go wrong. I think the other place where we go wrong then is the third C, which is about checking in. And this is a two-way checking in process. There's equal onus on the person who takes the baton to check back in with the leader and provide updates as there is with the leader to check in and provide support. This isn't about micromanaging. It's a two-way check-in as people, as humans, not as like a reporting line. It's just human beings checking back in. One person may be more senior than the other, but that's where it all goes wrong as well when we start thinking like that. We're all human beings. We all have good points. We all have challenges. And um, yeah, so that's that's the next piece for me around the two-way check-ins. And then the last piece is during those check-ins, there's a huge responsibility on the leader to be a coach. And from like, and that's another misunderstood word is coaching. Some people think coaching is telling people what to do, but actually coaching is about asking. So so like asking the right... So if 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 the person comes back to you and they're struggling with something on the task, rather than saying, well, here's how I do it, blah, 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 blah. It's more about, well, what options have you tried to solve this problem or how might you overcome it? It's trying to tease the answer out with the person. Not your answer, by the way, the one you have in your head, but their answer to the problem they're facing. And by doing that, we don't give the man or woman a fish. We teach them how to fish and we feed them for life rather than just today. So for me, if I was to bring it all back together, like... A vision that you believe in, that you're passionate about and is congruent with who you are as a human being. And then empower the people to go and deliver on that vision. And that's the other thing I would say. If you're in a role that's not congruent with who you are as a human being, you're never going to be passionate about your vision. And if you're not passionate about your vision, then like there's nothing to empower people around. So I know, I know that's very ideal state. And for many years, I was in a role where I was more in a scientific type role rather than the work I do now. So I understand not being in that role as well, but you just never come alive until you're in a role, I think, where, where your values are congruent with and you're, and, and it's got to be in service to somebody else. So, yeah, I think that's when when we are in that place then that we're inspired by the vision. Yeah, for me, that is, in, that is inspiration, even though I use the word to explain it, but inspiration is, you know, I know when I worked at Pfizer, uh, the CEO at the time had this phrase, uh, Ian Reid called, uh, and his phrase was, you know, I want everyone to come into Pfizer on a Monday morning and say, thank God it's Monday. You know, but that's that's what we're talking about here to say, well, if I was that inspired, I'm running out the door on a Monday morning. Now, people are probably listening to this going, oh, my God, I'm like, in a, you know, I, I'm in a sort of drudgery or I'm in a, you know, a job I want to get out of and all of that. Well, if you are, I'd say, what's your vision? How do you empower yourself to get there? It's the same process. Self-leadership and intentional leadership is the same thing. And I've been there, I've, I've navigated through my career like that as well. I was just thinking, right, since you already started talking about uh, your own background and your own career, if we dive a small bit more into your personal journey to realizing that intentional leadership is what we want to focus on here, 
at making shift happen? Yeah, geez, how long have you got? That's a very deep question. <laughs> short answer, yeah, please. Like, <laughs> short answer may not be possible. <laughs> short answer to that question may not be possible. I reckon the short as I can answer this question is five minutes. Let's see. So, really good question, though, because it got me thinking and shifting out of my head into my heart, which is, I think, where we, intentional leadership comes from primarily. Yeah, so, I mean, look, anybody who knows me, like, obviously, my name is Jay Chopra. I grew up on the north side of Cork City, which is you know a beautiful place i mean it's it's not as affluent as we say as the south side of the city people would say but that's just the way it is give us give us some context give us some context for the non-corkians here what does that mean north south for the non-corkians so the context yeah so it's it's i think it's yeah north south is like i think the so the people on the north side that like would generally say that they're grounded the people on the south side would typically be more affluent maybe upper class would be the perception anyway uh, but that that's sort of the, the breakdown and interestingly when I went to school on the north side uh, Jonathan Reese Myers was actually in my class in school which is a, an interesting an interesting one it just reminded us we were chatting there so yeah like so I'm half Irish half Indian or as we could say Erindian so so like there was a lot of without getting into all the history here there was a lot of times where I struggled with my own identity because I'm obviously dark and I sound like I'm from Cork clearly and for me growing up as a young kid I, I sounded like everyone else but I looked different and kids are very quick to point that out and I mean I didn't have a frame of reference for my Indian heritage either because my father had, had had moved back to India and passed away when I was younger so for a lot of my um, adolescent years and, and into my early uh, adulthood as well I really struggled for that sense of identity or who am I you know and then and and there was lots of evidence in my life for the, the dark side out, outshining the bright side. So so for me, it was almost like the process of self-development set me on the journey to, towards some days being an intentional leader nowadays and being in that state because it's not an end state, but transiently, transiently being in that state. And I mean, and, and in that journey, there was the good, the bad and, and the ugly in terms of self-development. So, and I do, I do think, you know, until we go through that painful journey of self-development and are willing to look at ourselves really deeply in the mirror and say what are the good bits what are the not so good bits and how am I going to transform them then and this is a multi-year 5, 10, 15 year journey really then until we are willing to do that I don't think we can ever go down the path of intentional leadership so I would say like self-development literally is at the heart of intentional leadership because there's no way we can tap into the bright side more or the dark side unless we are have done some work on ourselves and through choice and through force I've done a lot of work on myself over over the last um, 20 years or so and it, it just brings me to the, to a place now where where uh, you know I'm happy to be in, in, in a role and in a company um, that I co-created to to be really aligned with what I'm passionate about serving and doing the work that I, I really love doing but I must say to, to get to this point and be of some days being in intentional leadership then took an awful lot of self-development like it's and and not from I did you know I didn't learn it from a book really it wasn't from my head it was more from my own struggles and my own challenges I had to overcome to become to accept myself for who I was so to be able to say actually I accept the Indian part of myself I accept the Irish part of myself and to build a bridge and funnily enough my biography that point around having to build a bridge between myself between my Irish and Indian heritage I think is a metaphor for what I now see as my personal purpose or what what inspires me which is 
which is building a bridge between differences in terms of people and things like that. So if I think of, you can think of East West, you can think of, you know, left brain, right brain, you can think of gay, straight, you can think of black, white, pink, green, whatever sort of diversity, you know, teams that are logical versus teams that are human versus creative versus process driven. For me, it's like, I don't see the difference. I just see the bridge. And like, and really, I just see my own personal purpose as, as a leader in the, in the leadership development space to to be a bridge between between opposites and that really i do think intentional leaders when we can on the days we do tap in there uh, i think the job of an intentional leadership is to build really strong teams and you know and and then though and you can't build teams without uniting uniting opposites so within our little company and making shifts happen what we're trying to do is build teams that go out there to unite differences in the world really so diversity and inclusion is is at the is at the heart of who I am, and I think who our company is really. And and like even like yourself, you're female, you're German. Like it's, do you know what I mean? It's 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 just central to to, to who we are. And as, as you know, we often say in the work we do, myself and Anne do do different sessions together, obviously. And we always say diversity minus inclusion leads to confusion, and diversity plus inclusion leads to innovative fusion. And it, I'm just starting to reflect that reflect about that in my own story that like when I didn't include the diversity that was within myself I there was a lot of confusion in my life in, in multiple ways manifested whereas when I started to accept myself for who I was and sort of integrating my head and heart then um, yeah I became a better version of myself and I think when we can become a better version of ourselves then we become more of a better intentional leader or more of an intentional leader and look I'm sure hopefully in the next 30 or 40 years of my life I'll continue on that path you know so yeah and, and, and obviously having a daughter now as well then I think it's very um, I think that's the biggest leadership position you could ever have so it's even more forefront you know absolutely and on that decade-long journey that you've been on in terms of you know um, self-discovery working through your history and your own biography right have you ever in your career or anywhere else come across someone who you thought yes that's an attentional leader and can you tell us a bit about them so so like i know what i would say is when you were saying there 10 years i was actually thinking to myself geez i'm 44 now actually i'm 45 in september so it's probably 20 it's actually probably 25 years plus of of very deep self development. What I was I was thinking about ten or fifteen. I was thinking, geez, I'm still thirty, but I'm not. So so um yeah. In terms of a, an intentional leader, it's actually it's actually a tough question. But what I would say is I don't see it as like a corporate thing. I don't see it as like um I don't really see it as like a corporate position. I see it as um a set of behaviors, right? And and actually the person who comes to mind is. So in the town I live live in in Middleton in County Cork, there's um there's a guy during lockdown and um he knows who he is anyway. But and anybody in Middleton knows who he is as well. But the litter got so bad in the town that actually he decided to set up a group, and it just had started spreading on on um on social media, and the group was ultimately named Kindred Spirits. And there's a monument in there's a monument in. Middleton County Cork with nine eagle feathers on it which was put up there by by the people of Middleton as a thank you to the Choctaw Indians in the states for money they sent during the famine right so anyway so it became known as Kindred Spirits and, and the group just grew 
and grew and grew and grew and grew and grew and the goodwill is unbelievable and the group like has recently put up nine has recently put up nine bins in the local area like in the town probably actually it's probably about 15 now, i think nine somewhere between nine and 15 bins we empty them on a rota we do litter picks we do all this stuff and it's all totally voluntary but the guy himself if i was to think of him through the vision of people passion and profit right so he's probably one of the most gentlest kindest unassuming men you'll ever meet he very human obviously the whole mission was about planet saw a problem rather than moan he just got set up a group people followed him i think because of his humility uh, because of his people-centric nature and then the profit piece like i mean is it relevant in this context of course you need funding you need funding to put up bins you need funding you know to buy equipment um yada 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 so a very unassuming type of a man um but like that for me is intentional leadership it's like see a problem i'm going to tap into my best self he, he had a vision built a team around him and the thing just keeps perpetuating and and i think that's the best example like i can think of and, and it i think it debunks the myth of leadership being an organizational construct for me it's as a parent as setting up a litter group whatever like it's just how do i how do i help create a vision that people are bought into empower those folks as we said earlier and then get out of their way and and, and help make the world a better place in a, in a small way one piece of litter at a time I love that, especially since, and we said it in one of our articles, right, you mentioned the three P's there in terms of people, passion and profit, but the fourth P then also is planet. And especially since you're a new dad yes. and yes. me as a millennial, we're all about the sustainability and we want to make the planet a better place for our kids. And you can start in really mm. small ways. And I think that's where intentional leadership also then links into sustainability and really the bigger picture. And just like you okay. said, going beyond corporate, really, because and it's again, it ties Absolutely. back to the idea we can only be as good as leaders as we can be as people. And and I think yes. that ties together the entire concept beautifully, really. Yeah, why does it tie it together beautifully? Yeah, tell me more. Just in right? terms of exactly like I like I just said. So it's just this example that you gave manages to combine everything that we talked about, right? It's about us as people deep down. What is our personality like? What is our biography like? What do we make of that, right? Is it nature versus nurture? Do we have the power and control to change things for ourselves? And then also after looking inwards is looking outwards and saying, okay, so how can we create something that is beneficial, not just for us, but for everyone and for everyone yeah. in our team, yeah. for everyone on the planet that we're living on. And in that regard, yeah. you can start really small because of course, I'm sure like there's a lot of, a lot of people out there who now think, oh, this is quite an overwhelming task. So how do I start? Like, where do I begin? But if we really break it down into the steps that we outlined over the last, you know, half an hour or so in terms of like taking the steps, then you can break it down into, and it's like you said, I'm, I'm process driven, um, into manageable chunks that don't overwhelm us. Exactly. And on the, on the back end yeah. of that, I think my final question for you would be so... In terms of our journey here at Making Shift Happen on intentional leadership, tell us what are our next steps? Yeah, and I mean, like, so 
and as you were talking there and I was reflecting as well I think it would be useful to just before I answer that it might be useful to put the links to the articles with the steps in them uh, in the show notes as well you know I think that would be very useful for people because if, if you want to tangibly break it down into the steps it's done in the article so so I mean look like for, and as you were talking as well and I will get back to answer your question but as, as you were talking as well I was thinking to myself there's just such an onus on us if we want to create a better world the only way we can do that is by individually becoming better people so like if we can tap into our best selves outshine our dark selves and then lead from there whether it's setting up the litter group whether it's i don't know setting up a knitting group it helps people's well-being as well so there's an onus on all of us that there's so much darkness in the world like there's an onus on on the people that really care to to step up now's the time to step up now's the time to intentionally lead the world to a better place and you're right it sounds lofty and huge but like as mother Teresa said before like the way you improve the world is you go home and you, you improve your own family first so you start at home and then you bring it into your life bring it into work etc so it's a it sounds big but the step-by-step -step process you're right you're right on is is there uh, in the articles that we put in the show notes Um, I mean look the next steps in terms of intentional leadership for making shift happen and I'm going to give an intentional leadership answer I sort of just we just sort of follow in our gut. Like I feel very strong about this um, intentional leadership concept that we've come across. Uh, we have a lot of principles around it. Like we've got a lot of leader shifts. So obviously we're making shifts happen. So we've got head leader shifts. So the shifts we need to make in our head. So that could be, for example, from problem solving focus to future focus. So that's one of the leader shifts in our head. The Then we have heart leader shifts, which is like moving from controlling to empowering for example like to be or from controlling to trusting that's a shift to, to the heart do you know what i mean so that's a heart leadership example and then the third piece is is like is like shifting our actions really do you know what i mean what we do so it's like so and that could be for example becoming disciplined and following what you said and following the step-by-step -step process to to help become more of a you know an intentional leader so i think i like we're in the process of writing this book through the podcast really through, through the articles we're writing so the next steps we're just going to continue that we're going to get it done because i've just been talking about writing this book for for years and i've started stop started stop started stop and then all of a sudden Anne came along with who has all these beautiful uh, talents from a communication perspective so and now it's the right topic so the time is right now and the world needs it now and our own we all just change our own little corner of the world but you know being that force for good which i think is an obligation on our shoulders to be that force for good and, and to make that shift happen is, is important so i think the next steps is to get the book done um uh, you know this year continue doing our podcast about it because i think this is part of the creative process as well probably wrote probably outlined half the book today in the podcast but it's a great way because it definitely plays to my own skills because i'm more verbal than i am written where uh so so that that's useful for myself as a thinking process because <laughs> like most extroverts i think by talking if you haven't figured out by now so th there's sort of the immediate next steps i think and and then really to bring this out further in terms of having programmatic approaches to intentional leadership which which we already have so i mean i think being a bit more ten intentional about pushing intentional leadership out there 
as part of our offerings and as formal leadership development programming. Two things, you just let the cat out of the bag, the big cat that is our big book project that nobody really knew about. And the one thing that I was going to add to that in terms of, you know, the LinkedIn articles that we're writing and all of that is one thing that I love about our work here at Making Shift Happen is that we managed to break down when we were talking about the big lofty projects um, and concepts earlier, right, into tools. And that's a big thing when we're doing workshops, when we're doing sessions, that we always bring it down to really tangible tools that people can use. And one of the things that I love about, you know, the article series that we're doing now, and I'm sure we're diving deeper into the podcasts in the podcast episodes too, is our little intentional leadership toolbox that we're filling up with these leaderships yeah. that you were talking about with really tangible tools that we develop for people to use on the day-to-day, -day, not just at work, but also at home. So how do you think does intentional leadership improve performance and make work more human? Well, like, I mean, look, at the end of the day, you create a vision using for something like the I Have a Dream visioning process, as we mentioned already, You then get out of the way, you empower people using the four C's approach, courage, building capability, check-ins and coaching. And then like you get out of people's way, you allow the team to perform, you support people to perform. So like making work more human is central to increasing performance. If anyone needs any proof of that, you just look at the hundreds of thousands of Harvard Business Reviews written about it, from emotional intelligence to empathy to compassion to kindness. Some people say like, you know, Actually, you know, kindness isn't something you should do at work. Well, it's interesting. Uh, the, one of the best leadership team sessions I've been in in the last 18 months was we're creating a set of behaviors for senior leadership team. And one of the one of the very well-respected members of the, of the team said, I think kindness should be one of our one of our key tenants, you know, and it just changed the mood of the meeting for the better, you know. And there's, there's a lot of research that, that shows around that as well. So it's not all about being hard-nosed and... Like we've got all the logic down, like we've got all the process down. We know how to do it. Let's just be human. And then performance will improve. Because performance is not where it is because we're only using half of our brain. We're only using the logic and process. We're not using creativity and being human as much as we should in the certainly in the corporate world. Oh, great final words. Thank you very much, Jane. I'm very excited to continuing the podcast with more episodes on intentional leadership. And on that note, Jay, where can people find out more about you and about making shift happen? They can find out more about me on LinkedIn and they can find out more, more about making shift happen on LinkedIn as well or makingshifthappen.ie. Thank you very much for tuning into this episode and we can't wait to share more of our ideas around intentional leadership with you. Thanks, Jay, for being my interview partner today and we will see you back in our next episode. Thanks, everyone. Thanks so much, Anne. episode of the Making Shift Happen podcast was written and produced by Jay Chopra and Anna Mahler. Find more information about Making Shift Happen and our producers on LinkedIn. If you want to know more about the topics discussed in our episodes 
or reach out to us, send us a message and check out our article series and posts on LinkedIn to join the conversation. You can also find more information under makingshifthappen.ie.